Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and my co-host, Sean Smith of A to Z Sports. We are both here tonight to recap, finally, some preseason games for the Nashville Predators. Training camp is here. Preseason is here. Hockey is upon us. Sean is at Bridgestone Arena right now. Sean, how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, sitting here at the Bridgestone Arena. Uh, just got done watching two full hockey games. Granted, it was preseason, but I tell you what, um, it was nice to see some uh, some ice flying out there, see some snow showers, see some uh, some goals. It was good stuff. Pretty wild. Uh, getting you don't you don't have hockey for so long, and then now you, now you were watching six hours of it. <laughs> yeah mainline in it it was crazy <laughs> um so we, we'll kind of fast forward through training camp a little bit because we, we've already had some some stuff um come out via training camp that we uh that we're kind of we, we've already talked about either on twitter or elsewhere but um the the preseason games are kind of the the, the big test but um you know in in my experience of, of the last few days at training camp it seems like there's a lot of a lot of good going on. I mean, like it seems like there's a lot of a lot of gelling. A lot of Ryan Johansson is really glad to have Nino Niederreiter back. Um, Pecorine, obviously being back in the building as a coach is like kind of amazing. Um, I think that has been a big jolt of energy in that building. Um, the the rookies come in and and fresh off that rookie showcase look you know, ready to go and ready to push for, for playing time. You know, I don't know if any of them are going to make the roster, but they are making it hard on the coaches as they say. So um, let's talk about first, Sean, preseason game. Number one, what were the big takeaways from preseason game? Number one, Um, I will pull up the the roster just to make sure I'm remembering the game correctly. But um, do do you have in your mind, what were the takeaways from preseason game number one against Florida? The biggest thing I'll say, and and I'm going to say this, like just outside of game one, game two, is that this group of players looks like they are in incredibly good shape. And I don't mean like, oh, they're professional athletes. They they work out. I mean, they've very specifically – come into camp ready to go. And and that's that's something to be said because you've seen before where I'm not saying the Predators, but you've seen teams come in and you can tell the guys haven't taken their training seriously. Um, I think they feel like they left a lot on the table last year. And I think they're kind of coming in hungry to prove that um, they should have done more than what they ended up doing in the playoffs. I don't think they like being swept, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but okay. let's let's talk about game one. Uh, game one, you know the big uh, the big things I would take away from game one. It's going to be really cool to watch Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter, especially if they continue to be paired with Philip Tomasino. Yeah. Um, there's there's going to be a certain magic to that line. There's there's something, and I I was I'll readily admit I was not aware of this at all. But Niederreiter and Johansson were teammates on their junior team together. Yep. And um, not just teammates, but they were very, very good friends on that team. So having the opportunity to not just be together, but play on a line together uh, at this stage in the game, now that they've kind of accomplished all the things they have, um, there's a really interesting, interesting chemistry that's, that's growing there. You add someone like Tomasino into the mix, who's an exciting young player 
a great shot and a very creative playmaker. Um, you can see some good things happening from those guys really quick. So also say um, the big standout to me, and I'm not going to put a lot of, of, of faith or stock in the way that people lined up. I was very surprised to see Yuso Parsonen centering Tolvanen and Sanford. Um, we had talked a lot about, I think I've written articles <laughs> about thinking Cody Glass, maybe the uh, the fourth line center, maybe playing with someone like Sanford and Tolvanen. But Parsonen was in there with those guys, and he looked outstanding tonight. And he's he's looked outstanding every time we've had an opportunity to see him play. Yeah, I, that's somebody had, I, that... I, I saw the breakaway goal. Um, that was just really easy finish. Finish, right? <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. You like that one, huh? Uh, but um, before, you, before you pass, <laughs> uh, I, I want to go back for a second to the Johansson okay. Rider thing. Sure. So yeah. I remember when they got Niederreiter, when, when they signed Niederreiter, a bit, of course, a big part of it was uh, what they needed right depth goal scoring some net front presence some some more like you know a consistent goal scoring outside of the top line the the but i but i do remember seeing that you know that they're remembering i remember remembering that uh nita rider and johansson had had some time together i didn't realize quite the, the the met the level to which they were together though like i think that's what's been recent right. and then hearing ryan talk about it recently was was very interesting um those dudes played like two years together for portland for portland back in 29 2009 2010 uh and then we both drafted in 2010 ryan johansson dra- drafted number fourth overall and niederreiter drafted fifth overall like th- those guys were basically like right next to each other yeah and um and then obviously they are in a, in a pairing tonight in game one, like you said. I mean, I just feel and and Tomasino was the other wing, right? Yeah. So I mean, I I remember making my lines after the uh, after they made all these signings, and and that was the line that I put together. You know, I thought there's a chance it could be Tolvin and up there, but I thought it was probably going to be Tomasino, and that's that's what it yeah. is right now. I I mean, going into the season, I I would think that that's the second line. I would think so too. I, I don't know that they're not going to move people around a little bit to try things out, but um, I, I certainly think they made a good case for it tonight. And, and, you know, Hines was very complimentary of Johansson uh, after the game. We, we had to wait a while to talk. We didn't talk to him until after the second game, but we did manage to bring up some questions about the first game. And one of the things he said was discussing Johansson's season. Uh, last year, as well as now kind of having some new life breathed into him by bringing Niederreiter in, is that Johansson has really uh, started using his legs more instead of just his reach. Instead of trying to make plays with his body, he's making plays with his speed. Um, mm. and when he does that, he's a, you know, a much, much better player. You know, yeah. you look at the goal he had, you know, he was in front of the net, he tipped it in. Um, when you can get to the front of the net with speed, you can make things like that happen. So, you know, it's uh, it looks like it's going to be a good line. <laughs> That's really all I can say. Um, and the uh, the talk about the defense. Um, so Borbietsky was with Fabro, Kevin yep. Gravel was with Carrier, Spencer Stastny with Roland McCown. Yeah, Roland uh, scored a goal tonight. Um, that he was did. exciting. Got he to did. talk to him afterwards, and he, he said it was really interesting. He said that uh, John Hines told them um, go out and you know 
play the way that you play. Like go out and be the player that you are. Don't be afraid to take risks. Um, kind of lay it yeah. all on the line. And, you know, I think that's right. what a lot of these guys did. Now, speaking more specifically about what I saw, um, you know, out of, out of the defense, Dante Fabro looked great. Um, okay. He looked really, really good. Um, I don't know what he did this off season. We didn't get a chance to talk to him, didn't get to ask him, you know, what he was working on or anything, but he looked, looked really sound. He had a lot of really good stops. He had a really, really good sequence um, in front of the goal on a five on three, just stopping everything that came toward the net that I think, you know, it was a pretty small crowd for the first game, but it kept everyone pretty loud considering the size of the crowd because he was putting on the show out there. It was awesome. Um, Borvietsky just, bone crushing hits just every few seconds he was on the ice. Carrier looked really good. I, I remember very clearly him kind of being up against Alexander Barkov several times, kind of making him look silly. So uh, yeah. I liked the way the defense looked in that first game, um, at least from those guys. And it was, it was pretty good. I'm being very positive right now, aren't I? Well, I, I mean, I, and now what about, um, the I guess they were the fourth line, but the no Novak centering Evangelista and Afanasiev. I guess Novak. I mean, who knows what they're actually going to do with Novak because they didn't do anything with him last year. But Evangelista and Afanasiev, anything from them? I mean, I I didn't get to see much of them in that in that game at all, actually. You know, I, as much as I like both of those players, I think I think another there's nothing wrong with another year of Milwaukee for either one of them. Um, oh yeah, you know, especially I say another year in Milwaukee, but I mean Evangelista didn't play in Milwaukee at all. So a yeah. year in Milwaukee would probably do him very well. Another year yeah. for Igor Afanasiev as well. Um, you know, and I think it's it's funny because Yusuf Harsanen stood out so well, yeah. and that dude, <laughs> he was yeah, seventh round draft pick. Uh, I'm pretty sure the same year as as Afanasiev and uh, man. You know, you think what what kind of development has to happen for someone who is a seventh rounder to come in game ready? And you know, I'm not really sure what the answer is, but Parsonen's figured it out. He's he's developed into a very very strong player. Afanasiev, I think, just needs more time in Milwaukee. I don't think that's anything negative. I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's something where they soured on him and are going to say like, well, we don't really know about this guy, but. I think I think the best thing for him would be more time in the AHL. They've got all these guys. They they, they have these sort of these players who I I feel are obviously and and, and as we get towards the second game here, um, they've got all these guys that are kind of fringe prospects that are playing in these games like uh, Jimmy Huntington, Cole Smith, Zach Sanford is not a prospect, but that's more because he's older. Um, Cole Smith is older too, and he's not really a prospect. But they played in this game. Michael McCarron played in this game. He's not a prospect anymore. But you know, all these guys are still like fighting for spots. So it's like I, I don't know what you do with them. I mean, you know, is Michael McCarron really like proving anything? Probably not. Same with Cole Smith. Um, Zach Sanford, I guess, probably has an edge up just because he's got the experience, as we've talked about. But um, I, I would say of all these players on the roster that are not the top lines and not the top pairing. I mean, I would say Yuso Parson has the best chance to make the roster out of all of them, and that's out of Sanford. Well, Tolvanen is Tolvanen's going to be on the team, but out of Sanford, Parson, Huntington, McCarron, Smith, 
Afanasyev, Novak, and Evangelista. If one yeah. of those players is going to make the roster, why would it not be Parsonen? It would like, be. I, he's I so good. He's so good. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know that, but that that uh, that's an arbitrary choice because I'm just picking players from that first game. And now, but we we do need to talk about the second game. Okay. But before we do that, we want to talk about relax the back. Ooh. If you want to live better, feel better, and sleep better every day, you've got to check out Relax the Back. Tons of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home, for sleeping at night. Uh, we're talking zero gravity chairs. We're talking wedge systems for your bedtime sleeping, for your posture pillows, for getting you in the correct natural position when you're sleeping. Techno gel, I've talked about that many times. So much better uh, than you would imagine. It's just, it's just like sleeping on a cloud. It's amazing. Uh, except clouds might not put you in the correct posture or get your spine in the correct position, but this stuff does. That is what they do at Relax the Back. They get, they get your spine in the right position so you can sleep, live, and work better every single day. You've got to check it out. Relax the Back in Green Hills. Go to 2020 Glen Echo Road right there in Green Hills. A sleep agent is on hand every day. Uh, Glenn, who owns the store, he will talk to you about the four pillars of wellness Healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. So speaking of healthy minds, uh, I think, well, real quick, the result of the first game, I think the Predators lost in the overtime, right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, right. The closing seconds of overtime. So, but the second game, the Predators pretty much dominated, I guess. I mean, it, at least the score, the final score is 4 nothing, 4 nothing shutout. Um, but man. It was, it, it was uh, dominant. Yeah, the, the Predators certainly were going out, going all out. I mean, uh, so I. By the way, the only major star to not play in this game, only two major stars to not play in the games tonight, Roman Yossi and Yossi Saros, right? Granlund didn't play either. Granlund, Granlund didn't play either. Yeah, okay, correct. So those those three did not play. Um, but we did see in this game. That's right, because Forsberg was centered. Forsberg and Duchesne were centered by Cody Glass. Very interesting tonight. What did you think of that? Cody Glass looked great. Um, had the opportunity to speak with him after the game. Um, and I asked him, I said, you know, do, do you feel like what you did this summer, what stuff you worked on in the offseason, do you feel like that's paying off? And one of the things he said was, you know, he said he worked. He didn't use the A word. He said he worked his butt off. He said he worked his butt off. He's going to keep working his butt off because it feels like he's probably not going to get too many more chances at, the, at this level. And so he's trying to make the most out of it. And, and I would say he went a long way toward making a lot out of it tonight. I mean, number one, you're playing between Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne, two 40-goal scorers, which he was well aware of the fact that he was playing with those guys. But, you know, he had a goal. Forsberg had a goal. Um, the line looked great. Duchesne's playing, I mean, just like he never quit last year. He looks like he's picking up right where he left off. Uh, but Cody Glass, I was impressed with. He looked really good. Hines had a really good analysis and evaluation of him post-game, talking about how, you know, when they picked him up, he was coming off of an injury, hadn't played a lot of hockey. Um, they were happy with what he was able to go do in Milwaukee, and he's seen a lot of growth in him. He thinks he's quite a bit different of a player than he was when they first acquired him. So um, that's another guy I think has a pretty solid chance of being on this team. Yeah. 
I, I, I'm just going to say, I, I, I mean, I think Cody Glass is going to be on the team. I think he's going to make the roster. At, on, he'll, be, uh, he'll be on the opening night roster against um, San Jose in Prague. And, yeah, yeah I think that's going to happen. Uh, it, it's, he's too good. He's too good at this point. Um, and they need the center depth. I mean, yeah. outside of them choosing to just go with Michael McCarron again, I mean, Cody Glass seems to be the option. I mean, yeah, it, it, the, the wing the wing options. I mean, I guess maybe the only thing would be like if if Parsonen makes it, is he the center? And so would Cody Glass make sense to be in that role? But I, I, I don't think so. I think I think Glass would make more sense in that role. Part if Parsonen doesn't make it, then he's you know on the top line in in uh, Milwaukee. But oh yeah, big time. Um, okay. Uh, what else? What else stood out from Game Two? Well, you know what was was really exciting, and I, you you mentioned uh, well, I mentioned the crowd being kind of small for the first game. The crowd is huge for the second game. Um, the biggest oh. responses, the biggest responses that that we got all night long. One was when the camera on Fang Vision zoomed in on special alumni advisor Pecorine. Right, uh, the crowd went wild. That was that was exciting. But the next biggest uh, shout was when. They introduced Yaroslav Askarov as the ah. backup goaltender for the night when they brought him in halfway through the second. Huge ovation, huge, huge applause. Um, people were excited about this new goalie. Yes. And, uh, you know, honestly, the, the goaltending performance from both goalies, from Lankinen as well as Askarov, was quite impressive. Um, both looked very crisp. Both, both looked very, very clean, very decisive goaltending i was very impressed um but I'll, I'll be honest you know there are i don't want to use the term rough edges because it, it indicates that there's something wrong i don't think there's anything wrong i think Eskarov yeah, at some point is probably going to need to get several more games under his belt than maybe the ahl level before he's nhl ready but he looked great tonight um you know do i think that Lankinen is probably going to be the starting or not the starting, the backup goaltender going into the season. Currently it, it kind of looks that way to me, um, but it's not going to be long before Yaroslav is ready to come up. I, it is very difficult. Well, it is, it's, it's a challenge to make the goaltending position fun, but he does it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Like I, I don't know what it is, but but that guy is fun to watch. I mean, mm-hmm. there are some goalies that are so good that they're just kind of boring. I mean, like well, okay. So in terms of like exciting goalies to watch, Dominic Hasek, number one all time. I mean, he's probably also the number one all time best goaltender in history too. Yeah. So exciting to watch. But like you know, like. Martin Bordeur, pretty boring. Patrick Waugh pretty, was pretty exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself comparing him to these guys. I'm not comparing him to those guys at all. But just saying, like, it's tough to make goaltending that exciting. But right. he really does. And it's like there, there's little plays that he makes. And, um, I mean, obviously he makes great saves. He doesn't do every – so UC Soros does so much with his, like, pre, pre-shot movement. Like, his, yeah. his positioning is so sound. And Askarov does that, but like 
he also just seems to be so like technically skilled in every yeah. every motion that you need to be skilled at. It's just for a kid that's 20 years old, it's amazing. Now, yeah, he's going to start in Milwaukee. There's, there's that's that'd be stupid not to. Um, he really does need to start there. You know, I realized uh, someone had pointed out that on the the goaltending situation that they can bring three goalies over to Europe. Mm. So they can have three goalies for their global series games. And then I think when they come back, they got to go down to, um, they got to go down to two. So I, I, you know, maybe that's part of why they signed Lankin in. They they can carry three goalies. Huh? Maybe. Yeah. So like maybe they, they, so he gets kind of almost an extended trial, right? That this, this, this like, who's the backup challenge can, can go into the first couple games of the season because they have this global series thing. So I wonder if that's part of it. You know, we probably won't be settled until then. I mean, they'll have to make a choice that second game that they have the back-to-back games. The first two games are back-to-backs. They'll have to make that choice pretty quick. Yeah. I bet it's probably Lankin in like you're saying. And then Ingram right there. Yeah. But I'd agree with that. Yeah. Fair assessment. Okay, so uh, also the herd line debuts in the second game, and they looked like just right back in the saddle, right? Oh yeah, they looked like they haven't lost a step. Just picked up where they left off, kept right on rolling. Sisson scored a breakaway goal. Geno scored a tipped goal, and Jakob Trinin was just trucking people. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's he's tenacious. He's he's something. Okay. So then we get to these bottom these bottom lines. So we get to Mark Jankowski, Sherwood, Leonard. The line of just like who is going to emerge from that group? Lump those all lump those also with the other names I mentioned earlier, like Cole Smith and uh and, and Zach Sanford and such. I mean, one of these will probably emerge. I don't know that anyone to my to my eye really uh emerged ahead after tonight what do, do you think anyone came out on top from the from that group i was really impressed with Kiefer sherwood at okay. the scrimmages although i'd say that john leonard stood out a little more tonight interesting okay um yeah. leonard more of a of a show it in the game kind of guy i Leonard, I, I don't even remember seeing him at all in any of the scrimmages i i, I was probably just paying attention to other things but um you know, if, if when guys have, you know, a rookie now, he's number 43. When guys have a rookie number like that, it's really hard to, like, hone in on them. Yeah. Um, when there's so many players out there. But anyways, not anything against him. I'm just saying, like, it's hard to, it's hard to find that. So it, the coaches are good at what they do, so they, they're the ones that got to figure that out. It's true. Um, Jakob Kondalik, I've said what I've said about him before. I just don't, I don't see it, but I think he's too big, too slow. Marcus Nurmi, I didn't see him much in the game tonight, I guess, but he'll be in Milwaukee for sure. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, you know, that that Cole Schneider, Kondalik, Nurmi group, um, didn't see a lot out of them on the ice. Uh, maybe some you – no, know, Schneider laid some pretty good hits and things like that, but um, just, you know, didn't see anything that, that really made them distinguish themselves. <laughs> Yeah. Beyond anybody else. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Last thing we'll talk about with second game. Um, the, we, we finally see the, the McDonough-Eckholm pairing. So if you're just catching up to this, um, it was sort of revealed, I guess you could say, over the last few days that that Ekholm will be switching to the right side. That's that's the big answer to the puzzle. Is uh, everyone's wondering what's going to happen with the defense with McDonough in town? McDonough is yeah. going to stay on the left. Ekholm is going to go to the right. And at least for tonight, Ekholm and McDonough, McDonough were paired. P- Hines hinted that he's not. You know they haven't sold out that Ekholm is going to be with McDonough. They could try Ekholm with Yossi. But based on what I saw tonight, it'd be hard to separate McDonough and Ekholm, right? Uh, yeah, I think it would. I mean, Hines did reiterate after the game that that wasn't necessarily set in stone either, that they may not be paired up for every game. They may not have Ekholm on the right side every game, just depending on who else he may be paired with. But they said he liked what he saw out of it tonight. Um, you know, Mc- McDonough had a great game. He's very noticeable defensively. He's very strong mm-hmm. defensively. Yeah. Um and, you know, that tipped goal that we talked about with uh, Janot was a, was a rocket from McDonough. So, um, yeah. really, I don't know how they determined that that was off of Janot's stick, but <laughs> the replays we saw in here look, couldn't, were indecisive. So, oh, I, um, the, the feed, the feed that they had, the, the, whatever, the stream that they had going was very difficult to see anything. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to complain about a stream, a free stream that the Predators did. But here I'm right. about to do it. Uh, it wasn't a very good stream. Uh, the audio was a little behind, and the video was hard to see. But it was free. I can't complain. So thank you very much yeah. for the free for the free hockey. I appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Of course. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. The, the other defensive pairings. Lozon with G- Jordan Gross who I, I haven't really watched much of. Um, Delgaizo yeah, and Willsby we've seen a few times. What's that? I, I liked what I saw of Delgaizo and Willsby, though. I, I okay. thought they did pretty well. out. They were noticeable, um, more so than, say, Jordan Gross was or even some of the guys from the first game. I, I, I noticed both of them um, a few times. So I, I remember Delgaizo – had some pretty good hits, some pretty good physical stuff, which I know the team, you know, based on identity likes. And then, then Willsby seemed like he was pretty sound defensively too. Um, I don't know that that necessarily means they make the team. I kind of doubt it, but um, they looked good. Yeah. Cool. Good. Um, so like I mentioned, we, we still haven't seen only, only three main players we haven't seen yet. Yossi. Soros and Granland probably see those later this week. At least yeah. one, two or three of them. Um, Soros probably makes like one start in this and probably doesn't finish the game uh, out of all the preseason games. He probably starts in burn, I would guess. Probably. Uh, and I guess that's pretty much it. Any, anything else from, uh, from the preseason games? Um, yeah. The only thing I can really say is we did get a chance to talk to Lincoln in post game. And uh, it was really interesting to see, you know, we've, we've heard the stories, of course, about UC Soros, you know, following the career of Pecorine growing up and being thrilled to come here and, and kind of be mentored by him. And uh, Lankinen, of course, expressed the same kind of sentiment, saying that Rene was somebody he looked up to when he was growing up, wanted to be like him. Um, when he was signed to the team. What is he, happening? Uh, I don't know. Somebody's going crazy out there cleaning. Maybe there's some <laughs> gum stuck under a chair. 
<laughs> Jared's being punished. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I have no clue what's going go, on. Go ahead. It's Keep been, going. Keep it's going. been You're pretty right. good for a while here. But um, I, <laughs> he said that, you know, when he signed with the team, he, he, he was excited because he said, and I wasn't doing this on purpose, I'm sure. He said he liked where the team was headed and liked that they wanted to win. Um, but he also said that, you know, they had a good track record with goalies. And uh, he said that he didn't find out about Rene being added to the quote-unquote coaching staff until very recently, and that was just like a really big bonus for him. So um, he's also said he's heard great things about the goalie coach, uh, Ben Vanderklok. So, um, yeah. you know, he just was really impressed. He was really excited to join the team. He feels like he has a really good chance here to, to play for a solid team that's going places. And I thought that was nice to hear considering that we'd, we'd kind of seen him get lit up in here for the Blackhawks. Um, he yeah. liked playing in front of the crowd, even when they were chanting and telling him that, that he sucked and that it was all his fault. So um, right. he was he was like, yeah, it's really nice to be here, though, and have them cheering for you instead of against you. So that was fun. It was nice to hear that. Very cool. Well, good. I'm, I'm, it sounds like it was a productive uh productive couple of games and i'm sure the coaches got a lot to look at and i i think we will know let's see i'm trying to remember so th- there will probably be another preseason game before there's any before they start sending guys down uh although they just lost a preseason game or at least one that got postponed so like the 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 thursday preseason game in tampa has been postponed because of the hurricanes yeah. or the tropical mm-hmm. storm is it I don't know. If yeah. It's a hurricane. Sure. I don't, I'm not we'll a meteorologist. A we'll call it a hurricane for the sure. hurricane. Let's call it a hurricane. Uh, and that has been postponed. We're not sure when till, but Friday it, it's a, it's, they come back to, to Nashville. Um, I'm planning to be at that one. And um, then probably after that is when they'll send guys down because that's when they head off to Europe. Yeah. So they will probably play that game Friday, make some decisions, send guys to Milwaukee, take some with them to Europe. Uh, I want to, yeah. I, I don't know the rest of the roster restrictions for what they can take with them though, because I, I, I thought the three goalies thing, but I wonder what else I'm sure they can carry more. They're going over there. Well, we'll look into that, but um, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um, was it nice being back in the building for the first time in a few in a little, little while? I think the building missed hockey, Alex. If a building okay. can think and feel, I think the building missed hockey. Well, the building a second ago sounded like it was trying to come after you. So <laughs> that wasn't. I couldn't even see where it was coming from. It was down in the bowels somewhere. Yeah, that was a very strange sound. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. You can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports.com. We have tons there and uh, we'll have more this week. Of course, I'm sure Sean is working on something post this to, to send you guys. And uh, I know I am as well. And um, we'll have it all out for you very soon. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Darty one, follow Sean on Twitter at S C S N S H. And we will see you next time.